the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round one Jerry Agar in for John Moore this morning. He'll be back tomorrow. Joining me on the panel, Deb Hutton, former advisor to two premiers, media and crisis communications leader, Anne-Marie Akins, and Pavan Bratch, serial entrepreneur in marketing, tech and real estate development, plus a part-time farmer. Deb, I'm going to start with you for a quick comment, maybe on Gordon Lightfoot, because earlier this morning, about an hour and a half ago, I was talking to your husband, Tim Hudak, and he said you took him on a hot date to go see Gordon Lightfoot. I don't know if you could define uh, a date as hot when you go to Massey Hall to see Gordon Lightfoot, but it was it was wonderful. Yeah, we did um, (laughs) we did uh, opening night when uh, I guess reopening night when Massey Hall uh, came back to life and Gordon Lightfoot was the first performer. Uh, Mayor Tory gave him the key to the city. It was it was really wonderful. His his voice wasn't there. I hate to say it, but it wasn't, and he looked very frail. But to just sit, close your eyes, and listen to those iconic Canadian songs was was really special, and I'm so glad we did it. Yeah, I saw him some years before that, and the voice was gone, but I didn't care. Nobody in the audience cared. Pavin? Yeah, it, it uh, just a sad passing. You know, if you could read my heart, Jerry. Uh, All right. It, uh, yeah, he had, uh, you know, this song is a brown guy growing up in Canada. I mean, his song, his his voice was just, you know, it defined our country and um, and it defined so much of it. And, you know, I have a wee little boat, which I take out into Lake Ontario sometimes and sometimes in the evening. And I, I'll sit alongside some of those freighters that would carry iron ore a la you know the song obviously the edmund fitzgerald and just i would just imagine what it was like to have been on that uh, on that ship as depicted so beautifully in, in his song you know so uh, a great loss for our country and marie akins i'll go somewhere else with you and uh, i'm sure you will have opinion and expertise on this a tragic story that's in the news today is a teenage boy with a grievous brain injury because he tried to climb on top of a moving train car how does that how does that work oh it doesn't work out very well obviously trains usually win and uh when i did hear this story and uh the the results of it uh i just my heart sank because this was something i had to deal with way too often i don't know what if it what it is with boys and when they go through this period i don't know if it's racing testosterone or what but they do get very very careless and often around trains and train tracks and uh, trains often win and and uh, i carry so many of them in my heart and uh, they're but the looks on their parents faces i will never forget and if i can leave one message is if you have boys or any young children please talk to them about safety around trains and train tracks and be graphic with them and show them the power of vehicles take them around vehicles to just show them how powerful they are and uh talk to them about it's just not worth the risk because the consequences are um forever and tragic well i can tell you what it is and young and stupid is a thing Anne marie um uh, tragically and especially for boys i mean girls have their own way of being stupid but uh, this sort of physical bravado is more of a male thing i think i i have to tell you i didn't realize um when i saw the story that you could actually get outside the train while it was running um it, it's incredible what kids can do and yeah i raised three boys and they all took risks and they all did 
things that uh, scared the crap out of me. But, uh, um, you know, fortunately, they they survived, as many of us do, but way too many don't. And uh, you can take risk. They have to be able to get outside of trains uh, for all kinds of reasons, but not for passengers. It's only for train crews. So, yeah. there's videos that you can that uh, are produced you can find them on websites that you can show your kids and just show them what the consequences are all right now deb you've been in politics associated with politics for most of your professional life how do you choose among 59 candidates for mayor <laughs> it's funny, a, a girlfriend of mine sent a text yesterday and she said, do we usually have this many candidates? And I said, we actually do usually have 30 plus. That's That's been fairly common in the last little while, which is why, as you know, Jerry, I have a real issue with the fact that you only need 200 bucks in your pocket and a handful of signatures to actually put your name on the ballot. Because I, I think it, it actually makes a bit of a mockery of our democracy. And so time to change. But it, it is difficult. We are not in the stage yet for debates. I actually pity the organizers of debates because I don't know how you set the bar to make sure that you get candidates on the stage who are credible candidates without having a cast of thousands up there. Mm-hmm. It's a tricky one because we have, you know, we've got the leading contenders. We've got uh, Chow, Matlow, Bailao, who I'm supporting, and Saunders. And I think in most polls, even the ones that aren't that credible, you see those four kind of jockeying around. But then you got a whole bunch in that four, five, six, maybe 7% range that will not be mayor, but actually at least are what I would call credible candidates. So it's a tough one. Debates will help. I still think Mitzi Hunter's going to drop out before Friday, but she's announced she's uh, stepping down as MPP on Wednesday. Big mistake, in my view. Keep your seat, Mitzi. Uh, and then the rest, who knows? They've, you've got to raise money to be able to spend money, and I don't think that's a, a very viable uh, option for many of them. Okay, well, Mitzi Hunter has to step down, correct? It's the law. By May 12th. Yeah, all right. Right, so- but she could she could withdraw as a candidate and continue to be an MPP, which... If I was advising her, and I never will be, uh, Mitzi, keep your seat. All right. So, Pavan, when I'm with Deb in, in saying that maybe the the um, barrier to entry should be a little tougher, you've got to come up with more signatures and more money. In my view, that doesn't keep poor people out. It's not the money you have. It's the money you can attract. If you're a viable candidate, you'll attract money. So maybe we need to do something like that. We do. We do for sure. And, uh, you know, it's it's way overdue, obviously, for ranked ballots. Uh, that that seems to make a lot of sense. So, you know, it's you, you can't suppress democracy. We have to let it go. But as Deb points out, I'm, I have the same concern, too. I mean, how do you decide who gets to go on the stage? And I've seen it in different in different campaigns, in different spheres. And it's just it's a bit disconcerting to be told or to see people being told that they their views are, are not valid or, or they're not allowed to participate in a debate or a discussion. So that's tricky. I mean, I think the interesting thing, too, if I may say about the poll, is that 40 percent of people still want John Tory. And that's uh, that's a massive, massive margin compared to all of these other folks uh, that are running. So I would expect that whoever, if it, it should, Mr. Tory throws support behind one of the candidates, and, and I think a lot of his folks are supporting on ballot and Bilo, then that may make the last minute difference and, and, and pull her ahead. It might. Uh, I don't. I don't find it surprising that uh, if John Tory were to run, he would win, and uh, he got sixty-two percent of the vote in the previous election. Anne Marie Aikens. He's knocked back in the last poll to forty percent, but that could be double the second-place vote. This is the problem I have with fifty-nine candidates. Somebody's going to be mayor of Toronto with eighteen or nineteen percent of the vote. 
Yeah, it's a it's a tricky election, and I, I'm not fond of uh, elections at all. I, I was asked to to help with communications for some of the candidates, and I, I just didn't. I'm just not that kind. I just that's just not my expertise. But I guess the only thing I could add is I got my paperwork in the mail. You probably did as well to say to explain how to vote and the option to vote by mail. This. You know, I'm going to, you know, encourage people to do whatever it is so they'll vote. But you can vote by mail a whole month ahead of time. And uh, that's concerning to me because you're not going to know. There's surprises right to the end. So I won't be voting by mail. I have before in the past. I won't this time. It's just too tight a race. And I don't think I'm really going to know what candidate I want to support until the very, very last minute. Well, I have worse news for you then. And that is that sometimes you're very disappointed after the election. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, Bob, and there's a group that has uh, put itself forward, banadsforgambling.ca. There are some notable people on here. John Subel is on there, for instance. Uh, and they say, we are concerned about the impact of gambling advertising on sporting events. My position on this has been, uh, look, I can understand why people would want gambling uh, to be illegal again. I get that. But it is legal. And if that's the case, I think they should be able to advertise as wearisome as that constant barrage of uh, gambling ads, especially during sporting events, has turned out to be. Yeah, as a former marketing guy, I get it, and, and it is legal now. And the and the provincial government in here in Ontario has waded in and, and is part of the game, so uh, making tons and tons of money. But you know, I think it's just the same as usual. We have to we have to make sure that we do have the the right kind of angle, public service announcements, things like that. But I don't I don't know that we can stop it. It's a it's a global business. You know, you can't watch a YouTube video without being barraged with this stuff, and it's it's going to come from the U.S. So it's pretty much impossible to regulate anyway. So it's a moot discussion. Are are you on board with this group, Deb? Oh, God, no. Listen, if it's legal, Jerry, I'm with you. You get to advertise. I was, however, on board with those who were calling for a ban on current athletes uh, advertising during the game. So, for example, the, you know, the, the big hockey players having an ad pop up while you're watching it with your kids, while you're watching the game with your kids for gambling. I actually thought that was a reasonable curb on advertising because you, you, you know, kids look up to the hockey players, boys and girls alike, and seeing them promoting gaming in the middle of a hockey game, I did think was a problem. But in terms of overall advertising, no. If it's legal, you get to advertise. The one thing I'd like to see ban, Jerry, is the networks here in Canada being able to put fake ads on top of the hockey boards while we're watching the Leafs play. <laughs> okay. Um, the thing I would like to stop is using a word which you just used, Deb, which is uh -oh. uh, yeah, which is gaming. It's a euphemism. It's a softening of the Anne-Marie. It's gambling. And uh, regardless of whether you like or don't like the fact that it's legal or it's advertised, let's be honest about what it is. Uh, exactly. I, I've always been curious as why we have such a different marketing standards for the different vices that we have. There are just every every vice you name a vice and there are different marketing rules and standards and we can argue the health consequences but there are health consequences if it's a vice there's a health consequence to it and and a public health ri risk so i've always been curious about that and that's uh, you know i can't answer that but i don't know if it, if i the other thing i'm thinking about is if i have a personal brand which um athletes former athletes um actors 
all do. They have a personal brand. I'm not sure I'd hang it on those gambling ads, but they must be uh, very lucrative and uh, and that's why they are uh, that, but uh, I, I was surprised to see some of them that really are hand you know handing over their brand to uh, to uh, gambling yeah well you made me think about this when you said you know other vices if we finally go the full bore of legalizing prostitution we can advertise it as companioning <laughs> something, something like that. Maybe I have a future in marketing that I didn't realize I had. You do, Jerry. You do. <laughs> Deb Hutton, Anne Marie Aikens, Pop and Bratch, thanks very much. Thank you. Oh, you. Great good, day. Yeah, good to have all of you. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.